Live from Orlando, Florida, you're listening to the Orlando Magic HQ podcast, the voice of Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest Magic news and updates. The show starts now. What's up, Magic fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Orlando Magic HQ podcast, part of the Belly Up Media Network. We are no longer free agents. We've been picked up. Uh, Very, very blessed to be able to be associated back with a podcast network because... uh, you know, it was, a, it, was, it was a pretty dry three weeks. It was a little rough, I'm not going to lie. So thankfully, we've been picked up. Amazing. Definitely check them out. They do a lot of really great work and a lot of great, great podcasts. So really excited about that. Um, and as always, man, I'm joined by my host, my co-host, my partner in crime. Al, what's up, man? What's going on, man? How you doing? Good, bro. Good. Listen, it is it is Friday, April 21st. Um not a whole lot going on around the Orlando Magic world. I'm I'm not not even gonna pull your leg. Somehow we always manage to find topics to be able to talk about. Shout out to you, Yadi. I appreciate you. We'll talk about more of that in a moment. Um, but before we do get into the small topics that we have on the Orlando Magic segment, man, the NBA playoffs are in right now. Right, we we're already done with the play in. Right, where where the playoffs are are on and going, and it's been a little wild, bro. Like. I don't remember there being this many uh, news, drama, whatever you want to call it, coming out of the first round. Uh, we just received the notification that James Harden just got ejected. Joel Embiid ended up kicking somebody. Got Draymond Green stomping on DeMontis Sabonis. Sabonis grabbing his leg. He gets stomped on, and he wants to cry and play victim. Uh, crazy things are happening. Golden State Warriors are are down you know, 0-2 for the first time in Steph Curry's career. Um, it's been it's been a pretty pretty wild playoff series, man. What you think so far about the play playoffs? Like you said, man, it's been crazy. I think that uh, we expected it to be wild just because the West the Western Conference was tight all year long, and we knew it was going to continue into the playoffs. Um, but I'm seeing a lot more physicality, a lot more drama, I guess, in this series that I've seen in the past, as you mentioned. Um, it's crazy, but one thing is for sure, like the inconsistencies, right? So you talked about uh, Embiid kicking someone today, not getting ejected, getting a, a fragrant one. Jesus, yeah. I just saw the kick. That was bad. That's what I'm saying. So that everyone in the world is talking about that. Like, how can that be a fragrant one? But then what happened with Embiid, uh, Draymond Green was a two, and on top of that, I suspended him for the next game. So not to, again, uh, Draymond has a history, so I get why he got suspended and all that stuff, but uh, again, in the playoffs, man, you can't be suspending dudes for no, I wouldn't say for no reason, but more than you need to. You already ejected him one game. He missed a game two. They ended up losing that game. Now to miss game three as well and to CMB do something similar and not get suspended, it's crazy. Um, but either way, man, in my opinion, it's been fun to watch. I usually don't watch the playoffs very much. I'll watch maybe the Warriors. I'll watch maybe a, a fun series going on. And I find myself every night watching a game or two like it's it's been really really fun to watch yeah and nick claxon just got ejected for for nothing for flexing a celebration afterwards after a really big dunk uh nothing near to what joel and b just did uh james harden got ejected for nothing as well he just ran into the guy accidentally hit him in the nuts everyone's getting hit in the nuts during this brooklyn <laughs> philadelphia game apparently um, but man, the, the, 
it's the exciting part about the playoffs. I mean, let, let's be honest. Everything is is high intense, high energy, uh, high emotion. Um, if there if there's one playoff series that I'm I'm honestly excited about is the Sacramento Golden State series. I sure. I love the fact that you have a team like Sacramento that very similar to the Magic in this where there's a playoff drought. They weren't expected to make a lot of noise. They made it in, and now they're creating chaos and havoc for the Golden State, for your Golden State Warriors, your your B team. Um, and I, I think it's I think it's an awesome story, man. From from the fans being outside of the arena waiting for the beam to be shot up. Like whoever came up with that concept and that idea, kudos to you, man, because that that is when you, when you talk about creating some type of culture, that's that's an element of it. You know, and, and sure. I, I imagine it's an expensive element. Um, but man, the magic need to figure out how to do like their own version. It doesn't have to be the beam, but something like somebody's got to be creative enough to be able to bring some type of, you know, big level excitement after after a win. Um, outside of what they've been doing on social media, where they put the Orlando Magic theme song with you know a whole bunch of crazy dances that they do consistently after every win is actually pretty mm-hmm. impressive. Yeah, I think it's gonna force teams to think outside the box. Like, all right, like how can we recreate what the Kings are doing? Because fans have gotten behind it, the whole league is kind of behind it. Uh, from a, from a media standpoint, uh, it's been fun to watch. I think the Magic can come up with something for sure. But it's just fun to see all these teams that people call, you know, small city, small uh, city teams, uh, the Raptors, the Kings now, like getting this huge support from the fan bases when they make the playoffs goes to show you, man, you don't have to be in the late, in L.A. or New York or Miami to get that fan support. Actually, if anything, teams like Miami get no support. Uh, the arena being half empty at tip off. That's embarrassing to me in a playoff game, but that's for another, another topic for another day. But to your point, it's good to see this this uh, small market teams do well, and not only that, get the support from their fans to show the NBA. If if you know if things go our way, we will show up and pay. Did you see the tickets prices for this Kings games? By the way, the cheapest one was like five hundred bucks to yeah, get into the arena. There were more than than you know the tickets in Golden State. It's crazy, right? And people are paying it, so yeah, because it's the first, it's the first time they've been in playoff. That's that's the type of energy I'm talking about. I'm okay with you selling expensive ass tickets to to a playoff game. Do that, Magic got to make it in there first, but yep. do that. There, there's a ton of excitement. People will pay for it. You know why not? And it, it actually, you know, it, it now that you mentioned it a few moments ago, um. So you have the Toronto Raptors, right, where they have their little area where all the fans are at, and they call it. You know, Jurassic Park, right? Mm-hmm. I wonder why the Magic are so against like utilizing the term the Magic Kingdom. Like, could it be well, you're you're already kind of teasing it a little bit with Kingdom on the Rise? Like, there there's an element to that. You have the city uniforms that are kind of embracing that that mode, but I mean the the you're you're already there. Like we're all saying it without saying it. You got a partnership with Disney. Disney's on your chest. Like it's a it's a simple phone call. You know what I mean? So hey, I I just random thought, but I don't understand why they just don't come out and just do it. Yeah. Magic Kingdom, I, accept it. I, I would think it might be something to do with Disney, but again, you could probably get by that if you talk to them. 
Uh, but think about maybe Wall Street, what we did it when we played the Raptors in the playoffs. They they basically shut down that area of downtown Wall Street. Yep. All the fans showed up. All, all you know, all the bars kind of got into it, uh, and it was a fun time. I know we made it to one of the games out there way back when. Um, so make that a thing, you know. But give it a name to that section, you know. Like I said, call it Magic Kingdom for the for that playoff run. Whatever you decide to do. But I will tell you, being in the playoffs, man, I'm I'm hungry for that because that 2019 playoff run was so fun just because we got again to see to go to wall street you got to do your own little party with hq back then um it was a blast man so i cannot wait hopefully for next season for the team to be back in the playoffs because the city is going to rally up you know around these young guys and support them so much um we just got to wait a few more months until the season kicks off again and hopefully we're back in it yeah what what did you think about the uh the update when it comes to the nba draft combine so if you I haven't heard, uh, NBA NBA players who decline to fully participate in the NBA draft combine will be ineligible for selection in the NBA draft starting in 2024. So this whole trend of the number one pick, the number two pick of saying, I'm not going to do the draft combine. I'm just going to skip it because I'm already set in stone. Now they're they're saying, if you don't do the draft combine, you're not you're not in the draft simple as that and i think that for that for the nba for teams oh man i'm sure that they're saying it's about damn time because how dare you how dare you take that away from these teams (laughs) who want to see them compete against the best of the best now it's not like you you can't see like um an example obviously it's not going to infect this year and they're going to be able to decide whatever it is that they want to do but school henderson we don't know how he would like really size up against the the Thompson twins now. Like you, you don't you don't see that matchup. Yeah, we got to see a little bit of you know Victor Wembanyama and Scoot Henderson in one of you know the exhibition games that we saw earlier in the year. But nah, man, like mano y mano, like get him out in the draft combine and and see. I personally think the whole entire draft combine, all of it, should be televised. Everyone should be able to watch it. Mm-hmm. Why the hell not? There's nothing else going on. Um, and then speak, speaking of which, did you see the the Lakers and the Clippers are playing the playoff game the same day in the same building? Yeah, yeah. So that, that's going to take some work. <laughs> Clippers are playing at 3 o'clock. Lakers are playing at 10 o'clock. It is insane. I, I love playoff basketball, man. It, it's, it is great. But what, what, do you, what do you think about the draft combine stuff? Oh, man, I'm loving it. Exactly what you said. I think that you need to be able, as an executive, right? Think about Jeff and John going in there saying, hopefully, we have the third pick, let's call it. And you're debating between Brandon Miller, Scoot Henderson, like, who's a better fit for us? Do we trade up? Do we not? This gives you a chance to see these guys, you know, playing with teammates, see see them compete against each other. I never understood. I know on Twitter I said it like, hey, this is like wanting a job, applying for the job. And then not showing up to a job interview just because you think you're qualified. That's not the way it should work. You're going to get a million dollar plus contract and, and set up for life. Work, work a little harder for it. Like right before the combine. And I get it. It's all about being healthy and staying safe and not getting injured before the draft. I get it. But at the end of the day, man, that's a risk you got to be willing to take. Uh, it's, it's just, again, it's a job interview in my mind. Um, and for teams, they have the, they should have the right to see these prospects before they draft them. Uh, I know they've seen them in the G League or in college, but it's not the same. Now we're going at it, you know, for a living. This is this is it. This is the real deal. Uh, so I love it. I'm glad the NBA made the decision. 
Um, there's a lot of things I've done actually in this new CBA that I'm a fan of. Uh, you know, limiting the big spending teams a little bit more. Um, it, it's things that we need as a small market team to be able to be more competitive. So I, I really like it. Yeah, I think it's is really good changes. Um, I didn't like the whole in-season tournament. I'm still on the edge of that. I mean, ho- hopefully it's a it's it becomes as exciting as as a playing tournament. We we know that it's not, but hopefully there's some type of you know dynamic in in some capacity where people are are excited to watch it. Um, but kind of transition into magic basketball. We're done with the NBA. We're done with the playoffs, right? Our team is in the playoffs. We don't have a horse in the race. So let's let's get to the little bit of news that we do have. Um, shout out to our guy Yadi who, who uh, on our Discord what provided us uh, this link from Kobe Price, pretty much talking about who the best five man unit for the Orlando Magic were, and saying the best five players, the best five that we got out of a hundred hundred processions. Um, was Markel, Jalen Suggs, Franz, Paolo, and Wendell, which is surprising because obviously our starting lineup has been consistently the exact same thing, just swapping out Jalen Suggs with Gary Harris. Now, going into this next season, right, because um, we've talked about this. uh, We've talked about it on Twitter, on Discord, you know, even the national media, people from the ringer have also stated this. Uh, the athletic as well, that when it comes to the shooting guard position, that's probably like the one position that we can all agree that that's not the one that's really set in stone, right? Like you, you, I really like what Gary Harris has brought to the team. I like the fact that we have a well balance with um, him being a veteran, him being a, a lethal shooter from behind the three. I thought this is probably one of the best seasons that we got from him, um, you know, since, since he's joined the magic. And, um, but unfortunately the best five that we got per 100 possessions is Jalen Suggs at that two guard spot and Jalen Suggs, who has progressively gotten better with his three point shooting, um, going into it, is this, is this something that you would like to see? Would you, would you like for the magic to implore having that, that five man, Jalen Suggs in the lineup, or would you prefer having that that boost of energy that Jalen Suggs brings defensively and now offensively coming from the bench? I mean, we always said it that uh, what was holding back Jalen Suggs was the three point shooting. The fact that he was not able to hit him, the form looked great, but the shots were not going in, and then that became a liability when you played him next to Markel. I think what changes the fact that. January or so, Jalen Suggs started going crazy from three-point range, shot over 35%. Um, so he became a threat. Not only do you have to guard him for the drive, but also you have to guard him outside three-point range. And on top of that, his defensive skills, as we talked about in previous episodes, do this ridiculous on the defensive end. So ideally, in my opinion, this is a kid you drafted fifth a year ago with high hopes of him becoming an impact player for the team. He's showing it. So Mark and and and, and you know, Suggs being able to hit shots and play solid defense like they can can be a really, really good backcourt for the team for years to come. The key is going to be their shooting. Can they do it consistently enough to be a force and open up the floor for Paolo, Franz, and Wendell? Um, but I'm all for it, man, because when we drafted this kid, we have the videos out there how we celebrated when we got Jalen Suggs and we saw Scotty Barnes go four, and we realized in that moment, man, we're going to be able to get Suggs. 
we were so excited just because we've never had a guard, I think, with the skills that he brought to the table coming out of college. We were so excited. So to see it kind of come to fruition and the stats back it up that he is an impact player for this team is what we want. Now, we know it's a big summer coming up. We have some good picks coming up, maybe some trades coming up, maybe some free agency moves coming up. And we all know shooting and the two guard is our weak link. So what does that mean for Jalen Suggs? Is that front office thinking he's good enough? Let's, let's kind of leave him alone. Or are they thinking if we can upgrade that position, we're okay upgrading that position and having him be a bench player. That's for them to decide. But if you ask me, he's on a cheap contract. He's shown that he's improving. The key's going to be staying healthy too, man, because this kid is always getting hurt and, and, and laying on the ground for, for a few minutes. If he can stay healthy and shoot the ball well, that's what we need from him. So I'm all for giving him a, ch- a chance next season. Now, if he gets hurt again, if he can't hit the, the, the three-point shot consistently, then decide at that point. But I'm all for giving him a chance. Dude, I'm, I'm honestly, when it comes to Jalen Suggs, I'm not worried about him being injured. Somehow he ends up like getting up and, and figuring out and, and finding a way back on the court. Um, with that being said, my man's only played 101 games in his NBA career. You know, he played 48 his rookie year, 53 now, and we've seen improvements. I mean, we're, we're talking about him going from almost 22% from the three-point line last year uh, to upgrading into 32, and this is more or less around the same, you know, three-point attempts. And I think, I believe, because even when last season, he didn't have a full healthy offseason. He he dealt with an injury during that offseason. Um, this is a great opportunity for the whole entire team. I, and I think that it's going to be a while, or it has been a while since we've been able to say this, but we're going to have a healthy, healthy team by the start of training camp based on what has been said by the front office when it comes to Jonathan Isaac. Um and it's, it's going to be great to be able to see Jalen Suggs get a full offseason, Markel Fultz get a full offseason, especially Markel Fultz, man, uh, mm-hmm. especially the way that he he kind of ended his exit interviews about, you know, his his shooting and what we were able to see the last two or three games. For him to be able to have a full offseason of, of, you know, capitalizing on top of that is really, really exciting. Um, I can't even imagine what Apollo Bancaro in his sophomore year, no longer being a rookie, is going to look like in the offseason. Um, I really hope to see some of these guys um, kind of work out together in the offseason. You know how Jonathan Isaac has, has made mm-hmm. like some type of team-building event where he kind of took everyone together and, and had that bonding. I, I really hope something along those lines end up happening because this team already has a great dynamic, a, a great you know chemistry. Um, and I think that this is a really, really good time to be able to take that to the next step because everyone's on the same page, right? Next year is the year. This is the last time that we're we're really focusing on the draft where people are having that debate of, you know, we, we should tank. Why are we winning games, right? Because people were on the fence. You had some people that were for it. Some people were against it. But I think that this is a time where it's like, all right, it's, it's, it's now, now it's time to show up, right? Magic got flexible um, with cash, with with cap space, with uh, you know the the flexibility of the draft. Like you, you have so many different avenues to 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 better improve this team, and and now's the time to do it. Um, now, with that being said, before we even get to the off season, we need to figure out this rookie of the year, right? Because it's still it's still not set in stone. The last we heard was that. 
as we know and as we expect, Apollo Bancaro was a finalist. Air quotes. A <laughs> finalist alongside Walker Kessler and Jalen Williams. They started already announcing some of the different award winners. Um, I would imagine that's only a matter of time before we hear who the rookie of the year is. That way we can kind of just get past his story, get past this this um, this step of you know whether or not this man is rookie of the year. Now, we already know the answer, but apparently the only ones I know that is the fan base in Orlando and the ringer, and that's, <laughs> that's pretty much it. That's about it. Nobody else believes it but us, apparently. Um, but is it is it surprising to you? I, first off, have they done this before? I don't remember ever seeing a finalist of like your top three of who might win. I, I don't. I don't. I don't remember it. that ever being a thing. I think it's always been they announce it kind of like, but they didn't never really give you give you like a heads up of who are the finalists and who are in the running. I think it's the first year, unless I'm forgetting years past. Um, but I think it has to do with the new awards and new name for the awards that they, they're doing now. I think that's what it is. Yeah, they're always doing something to try to change it up and, and get more engagement from it. You remember when they did the uh, TNT award show? I was just going to say that. I'm so Jesus. happy they, they did away with that because that was just not That good. was insane. <laughs> Players weren't even going. Nobody took it serious. Did it last two seasons? I think they, they did it they twice, did two right? years. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, terrible. <laughs> so terrible. with Paulo, let me ask you this. Any concerns at all that, that no. we should have? Because no. I know Sack Lowe was on a, on a podcast with, with the Magic Crew recently. Stupid. Pod Squad. Doesn't make and, sense. And um, <laughs> he was basically saying, I know it was a little bit dated. They recorded that about a month ago. But he was basically sure. saying like, oh, um, it's, it's not a lock that Paulo's going to win the award. And we now know he actually voted for Paulo. But in my mind, I mean, if I could bet my entire house on this being the thing, it's going to happen. You know, Paolo's going to be rookie of the year. I don't know what we're doing, all this drama, all this stuff. But either way, it's going to be Paolo. We know it. But what about you? Any any concerns? No concerns. I. It, it doesn't matter if that, that podcast was recorded a month ago, two months ago, three months ago. It makes it worse when there's even a thought that it's, it's, it's close. We're talking about my man's worst month in the NBA. His worst month. He still won Rookie of the Month. His worst month. It's bro, Pe- people. I, people reference his year from Paolo Bancaro, a historic year, mm-hmm. right? It's one thing for people just to kind of say it's historic. It's another thing when people are providing facts and stats on like a weekly basis. Like in the beginning of the year, my man was dropping twenty points left and right, and it was like, oh man, we they couldn't stop comparing this man to LeBron James. Now they're disrespecting him by giving him a little competition. Like it's okay. It's okay for there for him to be a unanimous rookie of the year. The same way it's okay for people to think that, you know, Nikola Jokic should be a three time MVP. Mm-hmm. It's it's it, it is what it is, you know? So I don't know. I, I, I don't I don't understand I don't understand the media sometimes. They it's like they they try to create a narrative in an area where the narrative isn't necessary. Like it's it's a it's a rookie of the year. Everyone already knows what it is. But again, I'm I'm ready for this award just to come out and say it so we can stop kind of having this conversation, this debate, because I feel like we have a conversation about it every week 
And yeah. every week there's always somebody out there saying, well, it's close. Well, Jalen Williams is more efficient. Well, whatever. <laughs> you know, there's there's always something. It's, it's about time for us to kind of, you know, move forward. It's just sad, man, because that's a new the new era of, of media, right? So they have to say this crazy things to get clicks, to get likes, to get attention. Because you got guys like J.J. Redick, right, that initially said, oh, you're the rookie of the year when Paolo was on his, pod on his podcast. And two weeks later, he's like, I'm not too sure. I wouldn't be sure if I was voting for him. Zach Lowe, same thing, comes to the Magic the Podcast and says, hey, I don't think it's a lock. But yet, you end up voting for Paolo a couple of weeks later. So it's like they have to just say these things to just say these things. Uh, and I get it, but it's just unfortunate because a bunch of fans are not as passionate as me and you are. They don't watch every game. They don't, they don't talk about the third team every week. They don't have friends to talk about it every single week. So what happens is these media narratives become reality to them, and they really start believing it. And it impacts the way they see certain awards, certain how they would vote for certain players. And it's trash, man. If you ask me, it's trash. That's what the new media has become, unfortunately. ESPN, Fox Sports. It's just clicks, man. They, they need revenue, so they say whatever they got to say to make it a hot topic. But this topic should not be debated. And one more thing, too, man, regarding Paolo, last thing I'll say. I've never seen a rookie put up the numbers that he has, perform the way that he did, had the impact on a team the way that he did, plus 12 wins for the team this year, and be disrespected. Like, if this was Victor Wembayama next year, oh my God, if he did this with the Pistons, 12 wins more, putting up the numbers that Paolo did, they wouldn't shut up about him. Paolo has gotten zero attention from the media. Eh, some love here and there, but zero attention from a guy, the likes of ESPN, NBA TV, no national media games, even though the Magic were winning towards the end of the season. Oh, you it's, already it's weird. know this. It's this weird. this season is going to be filled up with nothing but Victor Wembanyama. It sucks, I, man. How I I he's he's going to have at least five national at minimum, oh. at least five national games Bro, at least games on NBA on NBA on the NBA app every yeah, single weekend. What I, that's what I'm saying. Like the amount of marketing that they have done, the NBA. I'm I'm not talking about ESPN. Nobody else. Mm -hmm. The amount of marketing that the NBA has done on Victor Wembanyama, insane. We we didn't get Paolo didn't get any of that. Zero. It's weird. It's weird. Okay, I've never C seen a rookie even got a national game. Yeah, I've never seen a rookie get this treatment where it's like, oh, you're amazing, but hey, guess what? Our eyes are on the next year's guy. I'm like, what? Like this dude is killing it right now. Either way, I know we got to move on, but it just it makes no sense to me. It's okay. It's okay. You're, it's it, this is a safe space, Al. If you need a vent, <laughs> go ahead and do that. The, the listeners, they don't mind. They don't mind. They don't mind. They're good. They're good. All right. Enough. So that's not <laughs> that's not something to be fully excited about just yet because we we don't we don't have the official word. But something to be excited about was finding out where the hell the Chicago Bulls were going to end up with their draft lottery odds. And so, yeah, finally. So last Friday, the Miami Heat defeated the Chicago Bulls, meaning the Chicago Bulls did miss the playoffs and they head into the draft lottery with 11 best odds. The issue is that there was a, there was a tiebreaker that needed to happen, which kind of transitioned into the old school uh, method of flipping a coin. That's that is crazy. We got crazy <laughs> ping pongs that aren't really like ping pongs. They, they do this whole mathematical equation to to select the 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 lottery the the draft order but we're flipping a coin for tiebreakers insane um anyways so <laughs> chicago bulls they won the coin flip versus oklahoma city who okc will now have the 12 best odds at the nba draft 
Chicago Bulls will have the 11th, meaning if the pick does convey, the Orlando Magic will have those best odds as long as it stays out of the top four. Now, for those that are a little confused by this, it's important to remember that the lottery only determines the top four teams. Everything else kind of just kind of falls in order. Um, So if Chicago doesn't jump into the top four, then the earliest that Chicago will be able to select select is 11. They can fall back as far as 14th, but their earliest will be 11th if they're outside of the top four. Now, this is this is part of the reason why it's top four protected. Right. Mm -hmm. So if it falls into the top four, unfortunately, the pick does not convey. It will just fall into the following year. And then it will be the Chicago's pick, if not the 11th. So to me, in my opinion, I am super okay with that. That that is a massive win for the Orlando Magic. Couldn't have asked for a better outcome. Yeah, people wanted, you know, for us to be a lot lower. It is what it is. We got our pick, hopefully the Bulls pick. Um, and there's there's again a lot of really great players around that time that 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 frame. Um, I've mentioned it multiple times on social media and the podcast. Grady Dick is my my selection, my pick. He's the one who I would love if the Magic do decide to keep two draft picks. He's the guy that I would want for us to to draft, and that would be around the range where Grady Dick would be, um, you know, he, where he's currently being mocked. But what what were your thoughts on that? You know, how how excited were you when you were kind of watching the games and and really uh, at one point, because we had to look in the mirror and say, all right, are we are we really rooting for Miami here right now? Is that really what we're doing? We're not we're not supporting Vooch. So I'll tell you a funny story. I went to to have dinner at a restaurant in Lignona that here in Orlando that that night they had the game, the heat game on. And for some reason, there were a bunch of heat fans watching the game. And. All of a sudden, I'm like, hey, I'm a Heat fan. And I actually high-five a guy after they won and said, hey, go Heat. Because I'm like, and then I had to explain myself to the guy. Like, I'm actually a Magic fan, but what you did tonight helped us out. He had no idea what I was talking about. But bottom line is, to add more to the numbers that you're talking about, the the Bulls basically have an 8.5% of their pick jumping into top four. That's what they have. Other than that, it's a 90-plus percent chance of them actually staying in that 11th or 12th 13th range. So the odds are really, really favorable to the Magic getting their pick. To your point, it cannot go into the 8th, the ninth, the 6th. It's going to be staying at 11, 12, more than likely, or jump into top four. Um, man, if you told me that at the beginning of the season, we're going to win 12 games more than last year, have our own pick be 6th with the best odds heading into the lottery, and then the Bulls were going to miss the playoffs, and actually, again, possibly hand over that pick to us. That's the best case scenario to me. Um, even if it's 11th and 6th that we stay at, I'm happy with that. I know we got some Magic fans being greedy and saying, hey, we're going to win the lottery again. We, we're going to get top three. If that happens, amazing. Trust me, I'll lose my voice again celebrating. But the reality is, if all we have is 6 or whatever, 7 and 11 heading into the draft, I'm perfectly okay with that. Because to your point, there's a lot of good talent in that 5 to like 13 range. That you can choose from, whether it's a big guy that you need, whether it's a shooter that you need, a scorer that you need. So, if I'm the Magic front office, this couldn't have played out any better, man. So, shout out to the Bulls and their fans. Uh, once again, thank you, Chicago, for that Vucevic uh, trade. It's been rough, the, and I feel the bad. Give, the gift that keeps on giving, Chicago That's Bulls. I, 
That's right, man. It feels like when we think it's not going to be as good as it could be, it ends up being even better than we thought. So thanks, Chicago, once again. But 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 listen, Chicago, again, just to kind of mention it real quick, and then we'll, we'll kind of move on. But still an amazing trade for both teams. This is a, a, a team that desperately needed to find Zach Levine some help. There was a point in time when everyone was healthy, Caruso, Lonzo, everybody, and they were they were playing really great basketball, and it looked like an amazing decision at that time. You know, Lonzo Ball has a whole lot of issues going on with his injury where they can't kind of figure out what's going on with his knees or his leg, whatever, whatever it is, and uh, they don't know when he's going to be back and able to play, and they, they are not. It's just not working out in Chicago. Not my problem, not my worries. That's on y'all. Just allow the lottery uh, angels and luck to be on our side and fall right at 11. Just pick out 11. 11's a good spot. Just right, right at 11. So you already know the lottery is going to be intense. You know what else is going to be intense? The Orlando Magic just hired a brand new, brand new like you're buying a car. Um, they hired a vice president of player performance and wellness. A Mr. Arnie Kander. Um, I thought I thought this hire was interesting because as we were doing a little research, um, Arnie Kander, so this man has been in the league for a long time. He has about 24 years of NBA experience, spent the last 23 years with the Detroit Pistons. Back in 15, 16 season, he spent some time with the Timberwolves. Um, and he's consulted with the Pistons and the Cavs while also working individually with a host of NBA players. I'm kind of reading the uh, the article that was written about him from NBA.com. They listed him as an innovator in the fields of injury prevention, sport rehab, and school conditioning. So you're looking at from what it sounds like. It sounds like they they brought in a heavy hitter when it comes to you know the field of of rehab and wellness, and instantly. When I when I when I see this, when I hear this, when I read this, you would imagine his number one project is Jonathan Isaac. When when you're talking about an innovator for injury prevention, my man, this is this is this is it. Like you're you're putting all the investment in Jonathan Isaac. Again, the things that we heard from the front office, from the horse's mouth, is that we expect him to do big things for us this upcoming season. We expect him to be ready by training camp. Injury isn't that bad. He's going to be able to get healed quick. And he's even expecting to kind of do some some on-the-court stuff, you know, here in the next few weeks. What do you think about the hire? We obviously, we're not, we don't know exactly who this guy is. We're, we're just kind of, kind of reading off the uh, the bullet points that we have. But, you know, you you bring in somebody with that level of experience. You bring in somebody that is, again, an innovator, um, and injury reduction. Well, what do you are you does it does this excite you? Are you are you happy about it? What what are your initial thoughts on it? I think my my initial thoughts when I saw his kind of career resume, it's like all right, twenty four years or twenty three years with Detroit, Minnesota, the Cavs. It's always in the central part of the country, right? And in the cold weather, I'm like, this guy just chose to move to Florida, enjoy his later oh, years in life. Man. Perfect timing. The oh, magic just man. picked him up. Um, it was just kidding. But <laughs> when we think about his career, though, where he's been and what he can bring to the table, exciting, right? Because we know this team needs help when it comes to injury prevention, injury management, 
uh, just overall wellness. And it seems like this guy's an expert in that field. So for the front office to hire him and bring him to Orlando, it's got to be a good sign. Everything I've read about him, whether it's on Twitter or our own research, is everyone speaks highly of him, what he's been able to do in that field. So this team, again, we're trying to take it to the next level. We need to stay healthy. we got to remain healthy. Um, and guys like Jonathan Isaac, guys like Jalen Suggs, I've had nagging injuries. We need them to stay healthy. Hopefully he can have an impact uh, overseeing this team and, and, and changing some things and maybe uh, making us a better team as a result. Uh, but again, it, it's going to be exciting to see what he can do, what the impact is going to be. The Magic, I think, are second in most missed games last season behind only the Heat. In uh, the years past that, we've led the league in injuries. So hopefully in 2023-24, we can see a, a different in that number and we can see us being towards the bottom of the league in that category. So exciting for that. Again, if we're going to be a major player and hope for the playoffs, we got to stay healthy. So I hope that he can make an impact and, and make us better as a result. Yeah, I hope so too, man, because I just going through his social media, I see him, you know, he's worked out with Rip Hamilton uh, somehow in some capacity, Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, you look at, you know, he's, again, he's he's someone that's been, you know, in the league for a long time, Reggie Jackson. So, you know, I'm I'm excited that the Orlando Magic. There, there. If there's one thing that no one can take away from them is that they're they're willing to spend money, and they've they've shown that with you know in in both of our screens or both of our backgrounds is is a big indicator. It screams Orlando Magic money. You know, they they spent money to for the betterment of this basketball team. They spent money in a a president of basketball operations which they didn't have to do they could have just stuck to the norm of of just a general manager and you can kind of see you know the transition of how the orlando magic have been viewed the last few years there's been a lot of changes a lot of things to be excited about and you know hopefully we we see the benefits because if there's one thing that didn't make me feel comfortable is i feel like in this department there was a lot of turnover you know there, there was a guy from the the soccer the mc yeah yeah whatever it is the soccer league you got some Lindsay woman like i don't know if she's still part of the team but there's just been a lot of transitioning with you know the staffing so hopefully this is one of those things where the magic are excited about it because they they're bringing in someone again with over 24 years of experience and you know hopefully this is someone that can do some some magic pun intended on jonathan yes. isaac Hey, we need it. We need Anyways, it. Anyways, man, not, not a whole lot going on this week, but a lot of things to look ahead to. You got the NBA draft lottery that will take place on May 16th, NBA draft on June 22nd, followed by the start of free agency on June 30th. Um, I think what we're going to start doing is in these upcoming uh, weeks, we're going to start playing around with, the, with Tankathon just to kind of see where we end up following have an idea of what our luck is going to look like if our luck is bad hopefully we kind of get that all out of the way before <laughs> you know the actual actual uh game day for that but um man a lot of exciting things to come um if you haven't already checked out on our youtube channel uh our our new youtuber content creator brett james he's been dropping a lot of really good good magic content on our youtube make sure you check that um our articles uh, on our website, orlandomagichq.com. Uh, shout out to, to Luke, to Jay, to Karen. They do an amazing job. They're still providing magic content. 
um and give us give us a give us a look out man they they put in a lot of good work um and you should definitely check it out because it's a good read simple as that anyways it's a wrap man i appreciate you guys for listening really quick episode this week and we'll see what ends up what we have in store for the following week it's a wrap appreciate you guys for listening see you next week for all the latest magic news and updates, visit OrlandoMagicHQ.com and follow us on Instagram at OrlandoMagicHQ and on Twitter at OMagicHQ. Also, remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel and subscribe and leave a five-star review on your favorite listening platform.